The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Cleveland Clinic, ranked number one in the nation in heart care 24 years in a row, according to U.S. News & World Report. For information on the complex cases treated at Cleveland Clinic or to get a second opinion, visit clevelandclinic.org heartcare. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, March 20th. In today's news, more evidence that Bob Mueller is wrapping up. The White House intentionally stonewalls on requests for documents from House Democrats. And President Trump personally attacks the husband of a top aide. But first, the big idea. Federal judges have ruled against the Trump administration at least 63 times over the past two years. It's an extraordinary record of legal defeat that has stymied large parts of the president's agenda on everything from the environment to immigration. In case after case, judges have rebuked Trump officials for failing to follow the most basic rules of governance for shifting policy, including providing legitimate explanations supported by facts and where required public input. Many of the cases are in early stages and subject to reversal upon appeal. For example, the Supreme Court permitted a version of Trump's ban on travelers from certain predominantly Muslim nations to take effect after lower court judges had blocked the travel ban. But regardless of whether the administration ultimately prevails, the rulings so far paint a remarkable portrait of a government rushing to implement far-reaching changes in policy without regard for long-standing rules against arbitrary and capricious behavior. Two-thirds of the cases that the Trump administration has lost were because they violated the Administrative Procedure Act. That's a 73-year-old law that forms the primary bulwark against arbitrary rule in America. The normal win rate for the government in such cases is about 70%, according to historic analysis. But a database maintained by NYU Law School shows that Trump's win rate is only 6%. Many of these defeats can be chalked up to basic incompetence. Some errors are so avoidable that business groups who want deregulation have been left to wonder whether Trump and his appointees are more interested in announcing policy changes than achieving them. They say unforced, self-inflicted wounds are setting back the agenda to deconstruct the administrative state more than anything Democrats or the so-called deep state have done. Contributing to the losing record has also been Trump himself. His comments about shithole countries, for example, created a rationale for U.S. District Judge Ed Chen in San Francisco to rule that the administration's decision to end temporary protected status for hundreds of thousands of immigrants from Central America, Haiti, and Sudan was motivated by racial and ethnic bias. At least a dozen adverse decisions for Trump have cited the president's tweets or other public statements. Now, Trump blames his losses on what he refers to as Obama judges, he specifically likes to attack the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is based in San Francisco. While 29 setbacks have come from this appellate court, the trend is national. In fact, 34 originated elsewhere, particularly in the D.C. Circuit. That's according to a tabulation by my colleagues Fred Barbash and Deanna Paul. And 15 of the lower court rulings against Trump have been by judges who were nominated by Republican presidents, including, in a few cases, Trump himself. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one, 
Last night, prosecutors with special counsel Bob Mueller's team asked a federal judge to give them until April 1st to respond to the court about a request from the Washington Post to unseal records in Paul Manafort's criminal case. They cited the press of other work as the main reason for the delay. In a two-page filing, Mueller's men said they, quote, require additional time to consult with the government. A response had been due on March 21st. The filing didn't detail the nature of the consultation with other parts of the government. The Post has objected to the abundance of sealed and redacted records in Manafort's Washington case and petitioned the judge, Amy Berman Jackson, to open them for public view. The motion cited the profound public interest in these proceedings, arguing that the very integrity of the country's elections, which is what's really at stake here, goes to the core of the interests protected by the First Amendment. The special counsel filing seeking the extension comes amid several public signs that the Mueller investigation into Russian interference during the election is winding down. There's heightened speculation that Mueller could transmit his final report to Attorney General William Barr any day. Mueller's team, which recently had 17 lawyers, will soon be down to 10. Number two. Since the Democrats took control of the House in January, the White House has ignored more than a dozen requests for documents from House Democratic chairmen investigating Trump. This sets up a clash that will lead to subpoenas and likely escalate into court battles. The White House has refused to share emails and correspondence and ignored a deadline set for the day before yesterday by House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairman Elijah Cummings, as well as three additional inquiries from the House Judiciary Committee, which has jurisdiction over impeachment. White House officials say the requests are illegitimate, too expansive, and infringe on presidential privilege. Cummings says the White House hasn't turned over a single page of what's been requested by his committee. Number three, President Trump slammed George Conway as a total loser yesterday, ratcheting up a war of words that appears to have put serious strain on the marriage between a powerful conservative lawyer and his wife, senior White House counselor Kellyanne Conway. George said in an interview with The Post that his tweeting helps him get off steam so that he doesn't scream at his wife about her boss when they're home at night. Kellyanne went on a lengthy rant about her husband to several guests at a British embassy party for members of Congress last month. She told the group that she and the president both think her husband is jealous of her professional success. George replied that he made it possible for her to be where she is today. It's not about jealousy, he said. It's about reality. He says Trump is manifestly unfit for public office. George also rebutted a claim from Trump's campaign manager, which the president retweeted, that the two men don't even know each other. In fact, George has had a number of notable interactions with the president over the past decade, often concerning legal representation and sensitive matters since Trump became president. He also represented him in real estate transactions in the mid-2000s. Trump has wanted to attack George previously, but several current and former White House aides tell us that he's been talked out of it by staff. They convinced him it would elevate George Conway and cause drama in the home life of a valued aide. Now we're told the gloves are off. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, March 20th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.